Hello and welcome to another edition of the Drawn Today podcast where we encourage you to draw every day. This episode is designated Gen Con 101 and is an in-depth discussion with Aaron Miller after his recent experiences at Gen Con in Indianapolis. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Drawn Today podcast. On uh, today's episode, we have Mark Harchar. Hi, everybody. I'm Mark Harchar. You can find my stuff at markharchar.com. And we also have Aaron Miller. Hey, AaronBMiller.com. Hi, and Alan Douglas. At AlanDouglasStudio.com. And uh, me, I'm Mike Sass at SassArt.com. I guess today's episode, we were just going to get together. Because we haven't talked in a long time and, you know, we want to keep this thing rolling a little bit, uh, make sure people don't think we're dead. Even though it's the summer, I guess people expect a little bit of slowdown here and there. But but Gen Con just happened last week. And uh, we were curious to talk to Aaron, who's... Who's the only one of us that went to Gen Con, just sort of how it went this year, and uh, get get all the lowdown on how his experience was, and uh, maybe for the people that aren't familiar with Gen Con, a little bit of an overview of that, and, and how, how other people can get involved. So, Aaron, how was Gen Con? Gen Con was fun. Gen Con is uh, in Indianapolis. A little more trivia. Gen Con stands for Geneva Convention because it started in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. So uh, I was in the I was in the, <laughs> I was in the art show. Um, that's the that's the place to be, I guess. Uh, though. Uh, this is the first year Steve Argyle went and did a um, uh, a, a regular a regular booth or t- uh, I don't know vendor area. That's always like kind of like a ooh ah moment for an artist to to take up a spot like that. Um, uh, I don't know. What do you guys want to know? Uh, well, I haven't been to Gen Con in in ten years since it was in. Uh, Milwaukee, and when I saw people's photos online of the the art show, I was just kind of curious because it looked quite a bit different than I remembered it. Um, I remember back like ten years ago in Milwaukee, the artist alley was a number of rows of just general tables horizontally side by side, um, you know, with a simple background, and uh, you know, it was pretty pretty low tech. Not too fancy, like and I guess before the in uh, Milwaukee, the artist alley I think was on a different floor. It was in a different part of the building than the main show, and I was just a little surprised that it seemed like um, the artist alley looked pretty fancy and and was sort of amongst all the all the action. You guys had had nice uh, backdrops behind you and a lot of space. Uh, yeah, well they they've as long as I've been there. Um, and, and even the year before, uh, that I just kind of, you know, uh, just kind of hung out at the show, they've had pro panels. Um, so that's been pretty cool. It makes it easier for setup. You don't have to bring your own stuff. It makes it more professional looking that everyone has the same, every, all the backgrounds are the same. So it, it, it's, it has a very cohesive look and makes everyone look a little more professional. Um, How many years have you done it now? This is my third year. I thought it was four, but it's only been three. Um, I guess time flies. I I guess I thought about the year I just kind of went and hung out with uh, John Stanko at his table. So what do you pay to get in that as as an artist alley table? I think it's about the same as... Uh, spectrum. I think it was around three fifty or three sixty or something like that. I, I, I could be kind of wrong, but that feels about the right number. It. I just remember it being less than like doing C two E two, when you get a lot more uh, for the space. Hmm. What and, sorts uh, of things are successful there? Like, I know Gen Con is a big generalist gaming convention, but you know. 
obviously Magic the Gathering is going to be one of the big franchises. What else are hot sellers as far as you know, prints and originals and, and fan interest? Uh, it really does seem to stick with um, Magic and Magic-related things, whether it's a print, an original, or even those playmats. Uh, Drew Baker is uh, uh, our new manufacturer of playmats. Um, so that that just seems to be it. Um, and then it seems this is just from my perspective that there's also a, a, a nice following of uh, L5R players out there, and that's that's pretty much seems to be um, very well supported with Drew Baker and Steve Argyle and, and a few other guys Jason Engel I think um, that uh, the, the fans have something there from, from that spectrum uh, everyone else um, maybe a little bit of uh, Warcraft maybe uh, but it does seem to be very heavily magic um favored for the fan base there's nothing wrong with that i just don't happen to have any of that kind of work in my uh in my portfolio yet so how are people doing for selling originals like items uh, you know not not 20 dollar items but you know 50 100 200 400 how was that stuff going I, you know, I don't know how it was for everybody. I know of but a few people who did it really well. Um, that, you know, guys like Ralph Horsley, who's coming all the way in from England, you know, uh, I think fans know that access to him and his artwork is extremely limited. So I think that they save up for uh, something that he might be showing up at. Um, so that's very understandable. Um, but everyone, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the guys I know seem to have sold something rather big. Um, I, I don't happen to be one of them. Um, so I'm not really sure what did it you is. Do, did you do prints and stuff like that? Yeah, I had prints. I had prints. Uh, I had canvas prints and a lot of originals, not too many big ones. And I had some very small ones. Um, I, I honestly thought for sure I, I posted these, uh, little fawn paintings just really tiny ones and i thought you know those i thought those would not have come home with me but you know they they did which is fine i love them i was i was a little afraid to see them go I was getting attached to them and how well were art directors represented uh well the thing is is that most of the companies on the on the floor have an art director there so there was a couple like doing doing the interviews like fantasy flight and uh wizards of the coast had representatives there for very specifically to look at portfolios and do portfolio reviews but you could go to any of the any of the companies and ask to see an art director and 90 percent of them will have someone there to talk to which is what i did my first year and I, I do know uh, a girl who she actually modeled for one of my paintings. I met her at Dragon Con. She was there this year. And uh, I, I don't know how well she did in sales, but I know she came out with some commissions from uh, some of the companies that she was really excited about because she's kind of new and young in, in the industry. Yeah, it's it's they do walk around uh, to the tables um, and, and try and get to know some of the artists. So I, I got to meet a few of my clients in person which is always really nice so Aaron then curious like um, is all the payments like in cash like when people want to buy stuff from you this isn't some sort of no uh, they have a really cool um, like uh, receipt thing where you fill out a receipt uh, and then they go pay they, they can pay for it at this register and then Gen Con sends you a check uh, after the show's over in a few weeks. Hmm. So that helps build the art show a little bit, and that's what's been able to keep keep the costs uh, lower and also um, keep the, uh, um, I guess, the pro panels like up 
updated and not worn out and things like that. So even for like a ten or twenty dollar print, they have to go through a sort of a process of of going to going to you, buying it, and then taking a receipt elsewhere. Like it seems like that might that might stop people from buying quick. Yeah, there you know, there's definitely um, when you get into the psychology of purchasing things, there does get to be sort of a stop like you you do stop people in the process of of an impulse buy when you make them do too many steps but uh, you know you try and talk them into the benefit of it like hey if you take all all they have if they want to buy a print and it's going to be a big print and what i love to tell my customers is you know you're taking away the slip and you bring back a yellow one, but you can bring it back in an hour. You can bring it back in two hours. You can wait till the end of the show, so you don't have to run around with this print getting banged up. You can wait till you're ready to leave. Can you accept cash if if you want to? Uh, no, you're not supposed to. Hmm. It, it just seems weird, you know, like. So when somebody buys a game from like one of the general vendors, is it the same thing? They they don't actually buy it. No. They have to go through a process. Nope. That's uh, the vendors' tables are run independently. The art show is run. It, the art show is run like it's like its own giant vendor area. So you try and remove sometimes, I guess, the artist from that transaction and. Uh, Okay, so if somebody wants to buy something, they just take this receipt like ten steps away to a an artist alley, you know, somebody that's organizing that. They don't have to go like two floors up to some other part of the building. No, not at all. It's 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 relatively close. Then and they can also use a credit card, um, and it, it makes it pretty easy. And then what a lot of what you'll see is if you're there, is you'll see people running around. With the, the these slips, and then once they do their purchase, they just kind of run around and uh, uh, pick up their stuff. But I I do tend to agree that it it does stop a, a, a lot of impulse buying. So I mean, think of like you're gonna buy a print, and you go through the process, and you come all the way back. And maybe you had to wait in the line for a long time. And you're like, oh, I didn't see this. And you're like, oh, I don't want to go stand in line again. So so it's like for the artists, they could they possibly could lose on a sale, which for us it's it's such a big deal. Every little sale really helps. And um I don't know, it, it's hard to explain uh to put it into work like like the prints and stuff, all this, like, if you're out there and you're a fan and you're buying this stuff, you're not only, you're not buying just a print. You're, you're also, it's supporting the artists being able to show up and come to these events. Sometimes all the people show up to get signatures on their cards and all that stuff. And, you know, they, the, the, the artist has the expense of getting there. And paying for the hotel, paying for the table, paying for all these things, so it takes it takes so much money just to break even, um, to where you know the whole thing is is not costing him anything except for his time. Which some artists, which is why a lot of them don't show up, is they could instead of breaking even, they could make a whole a whole job and stay home and get paid instead of losing all that money. And for some people, it's like, oh, those prints are expensive, or, or why does it have to cost so much, or this and that. But that that's sort of what they're paying for, not only the object, but for the ability for the artist to, to actually be there for them to, to show up, which, you know, some people can take or leave. But, you know, look at Ralph Horsley, who's flying in from England. It's kind of a, you know, if you want to meet him, it's a big deal. So, uh Buying a print is sort of like really nice tip and like, hey, thanks, we really appreciate you 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 know doing the art and, and it keeps us doing it. So I don't I don't know if that sounds what that sounds like, but you know, 
Well, you don't have to convince us. <laughs> <laughs> so was was Steve, you mentioned Steve Argyle is in a different place? Was that the area where he could be his own vendor? Yeah. Okay. So, like, if I was going to do that, then I would just use my Square and I'd right. be able to take credit cards and all that stuff. But you know, you're also paying more, and you're not near the other artists. Um, there's a benefit to that. To you know, you're seeing your friends. Did you feel sort of nailed down for three days at your table? Like, how was the experience sitting there? If I do it again, I'm going to definitely get someone there. Whether it's a, you know, like uh, an studenty art fan, like uh, which I might have a few, few friends that you know are working their way up who would love to show up to Gen Con, get a free four day pass, all access, and just have to work a couple hours because that's that's all any of us really need is a couple hours because we don't want to not be there the whole time. We, we definitely want to be there to talk to people. So you're but, saying a free pass, like as an artist alley vendor, do you get two passes? Do you get a helper pass? Helper badge, which for two years in a row, I have not been able to give to anybody to help me, which is kind of crazy. You know, four day pass to, you know, a show like that is a big deal to some people. Hey, let me know next year, Aaron. I know a guy because <laughs> he's there. Going to be there anyway. He's he's a big gamer and he's there every year. I'll talk he's to you about. Yeah. Huge gamer who just wants a free pass, and someone who's there going to be there to help you because I've known a few of the guys who had their gamer friends show up and be is basically not even be there. You know, and they don't really even do anything when you're gone. So I'm going to be kind of picky that they've actually got to work and want to actually help sell and do a good job. I rather, you. and you got to trust them with your stuff and everything too. So. Right. So how big is the artist alley? Like, would you say there's like 40 artists, or how is that? There's got to be around a hundred. I mean, it's not. It's it's big, but it. It's not, you know, it wasn't Spectrum big or, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good size and it's a good variety, I'd have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of artists there um, that I don't know. I don't think that they necessarily work in the industry, but they're they're huge fans of the industry. So they, they kind of do their thing. And and want to kind of bring some art there to share and sell. So do you jury in, or do you just sort of pay your fee and first come first serve? Pay your. It's not juried like um, uh, Dragon Con. So is the big difference then between, like, say, Gen Con and Dragon Con, just the the type of people who are there t- uh, to buy? You know, they're more into gaming than anything else. So that's the kind of people that it attracts. Whereas Dragon Con's just randomness. I mean, you've got a huge difference in in uh, attendance reasons, um, especially you know it's it's people are there to game and, and have a really good time. So uh, it's interesting that you know that there's probably people who show up and never even go into the dealer's room because they're they they've got what they need and they're just there to game. Then there's you know. There's a huge variety, and I'm starting to, you know, this was the first year I, I, I asked a lot of the people, you know, sort of what their deal was. And, you know, they they find moments when they can to step away. Some people don't visit the art show for years, and they're like, oh, I didn't even know you guys were here. So, Aaron, um, what was the process for registration? Like, uh, do you have to do that, like, six months or a year ahead of time, or, or what's the deal? Um, I, I think they send out an email and then you just send, you know, you send it in. I think it was, uh, I think they start it early, maybe like January, February. I think so. And Um, what about hotels? Is it like really difficult to get a hotel? How does that work? Uh, they have like artists, they have an artist hotel block. Mm. Um, the a lot of artists stay. If you've never been to Indianapolis, it's it, it's really 
it's really cool because the convention center is right there. Everything is within walking distance. So most like I prefer if I'm going to stay at the Hyatt because it's literally across the street. Um, so they've got all these hotels right across the street, or maybe they're a block away, a block and a half away. Um, I stayed out near the, I've waited too long. So I had to stay out near the, uh, the airport. And even that wasn't so bad. You know, that's like a five minute drive. Um, but it costs, it's, it's half the cost. So they have, so once you're in, so you send in a registration and they go, okay, you're, you're in the artist alley. And then that means you're guaranteed a hotel room because they have hotel no. rooms. Well, booked. I wouldn't say guaranteed, but they, they reserve a, a, a block at one of the hotels. At a special rate or what? Yeah. And I just, you know, I just didn't do it. I, okay. I kind of blanked. Because a lot of times you share a room, so sometimes, you know, you get lazy and you think someone else did it, and then it was my job. Mm-hmm. Do you have any <laughs> idea what those rooms go for? Like, sorry to be so specific, They're, but it's just like... well. I'd is it say like three hundred like, bucks for a room, or like a hundred for a special rate? Or? I'd say two to three, hmm. um, right across the street. When you and you usually share with two to three people, and I was out by the airport, and for the whole four days, it was like five hundred bucks. <laughs> so between uh, Gen Con and say Dragon Con, where would you go to get the most bang for your buck as an artist to make? Make money, you know, have the most sort of fans interested in you, and and uh, and meet a lot of people. What what's what depends on the art you're you're doing. If you're doing um, game art, then might as well just go to Dragon Con. I mean Gen Con and Dragon Con. I I couldn't. Under, I don't. I kind of don't get it. Um, I did it one year and hung out with Mark Harchar here, and I. It just didn't. I don't. I know it was, you know, my first year as an artist, but you know, I kind of understand that. And then some of it just it, that doesn't always. It shouldn't always be that big of a deal. But, the more the more people I talk to about Dragon Con, and this is like Aaron's saying, it, it's very, it, it's kind of hit and miss. It's not like, you know, any one particular thing is definitely going to be the kind of art that's going to sell. Uh, you know, yeah, you, uh, obviously dragons might sell pretty good because it's Dragon Con, but um, there's a there's a few artists from down my area that go up um, and do very well. Uh, there's other artists that go up and don't do well at all, uh, and the, the art itself is is the difference between kind of nouveau, modern, dark. Uh, I don't even know what the hell you call it um, compared to Disney-esque you know, doll-looking dragony stuff. It's just it, there's there's such a strange mix and, and it's it's really hard to tell why any one person or any group of people are buying what they're buying. Well, I now that I've done it, I partic- don't particularly like the setup. Um... A lot of it, it, it's it's a it's a what is it um, like a silent auction ish thing where they have you know your buy it now ish type price sort of like eBay has and after the show price and and your hmm. bid prices and um, I don't know they it, you they have it in a separate room you you have to like leave your check your bags. Um. Uh, well, that's that's the strange thing about it too, because they have like just like you said with uh, Steve Argyle going in a different section. Um, there are different people who go into the main exhibitors hall and set up their boot their art boots rather right. rather than in artist alley. I know um, Travis, who you mentioned before, he does that. Uh, Larry Elmore goes into the to the main. Uh, exhibitors right. hall, but most people when they're they're looking into an event, they're like, "Oh, I'm an artist, so I'm going to go to the artist area." It takes it takes a lot more experience to to bypass those um, 
those processes and, and like hook up with the main vendors who, you know, sell clothing and other books and things like that, which, and you have to spend boots, a lot more money. Yeah, the boots cost more a lot. A yeah, lot there's a lot too. more money involved. So in general, when you're in comparison to like Gen Con, uh, a customer walking around the floor on Gen Con just walks into the artist area um, and uh, a customer walking into the artist area at dragon con first has to find it because it is nowhere near any of uh, the other vendors second you have to check your bags no drinks and you know it's it's i don't know it's very it's very counterintuitive to anyone making an impulse buy Plus, they segregate the comic artists from the fantasy artists, right. which is a little weird. And in order to get from one side to the next, you have to go through another bag check thing. From my point of view, I was like, you know, this this isn't the way I, I want to try and make money. And um, I, if I go back, I'm only going to do it in a vendor area. I, I won't do another art show like that. It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, it seems like it, it's a lot of money to spend for a lot of roadblocks and red tape for anyone to actually make a purchase and a decision and even to even to even get to see the art. Um, I mean, I, I could could you imagine going to even like, say, the Renaissance Fair? You know, you go to this giant parking lot and you go to this giant area with all these people in costumes and food and 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 stuff and then you you have to leave the renaissance fair walk down you know like a like a quarter mile path and then there's the art fair no one's going to show up no one's going to go there um that's, now, is that just because of the way the convention has developed over the years like yeah. is, is the art show kind of an afterthought i wouldn't say it's an afterthought but it it's you know it's in a basement ballroom in a hotel well well to be fair you have you have to consider that dragon con is comprised of five separate hotels a multiple floors on each hotel so you know just the sheer amount of square footage that they have you know comprising this convention makes it you know any any one thing that's going on is going to be just a small portion in a corner Okay. So you have to know what you want. You have to go. Yeah, find you it. have to know. And and for sales of things like this, so you're not going to get foot traffic of people no, just stumbling. Yeah, across. there's no foot traffic. You have to you have to know that you want to go look at this stuff. And and that's my point is that some of the the items you're going to get, you know, they're they're definitely going to be thought out purchases. You know, if you're going to spend a thousand dollars on a painting. But, you know, prints and stuff like that, those are, you know, those are on the on the level of more of an impulse buy. And for a lot of artists at a show, you know, that's that's the money we, you know, that's our gas money, our hotel money, our food money. And in and, and, and a situation like that just prevents, I think, a lot of those sales to happen now there's guys that may you know they sell out of everything that they bring uh and that's great so maybe uh you know maybe i'm wrong about it but i just know that there's no possible way to get the majority of the convention into that particular area when it's so separated and that's that's actually why the main exhibitors hall is probably the best bet if it's at all possible because the main floor of Dragon Con, which is in the main hotel, the, the main exhibitors hall is, has a number of, of doors into the auditorium that is right there. So when you're talking about foot traffic, you're going to have the most amount of people just walking into the, that main exhibitor hall because that's where they're all gathering to begin with. But most of the other sections are, are off the beaten path. Well, you know, it it's like those classes, or not classes, but um, panel rooms. You know, if you want to go listen to a certain person talk, um, you'll you got to go find that panel. If, um, so, it, but it's on the level of that. It's not it's not in an area that people just happen to bump into. Okay, getting back to Gen Con, then um, 
what uh, what sort of product do you think sort of comprised the bulk of everybody's sales? You sort of mentioned most people you knew made at least sort of one big sale. You know, I, I'm assuming you're thinking like a $400, $500 sort of painting. But uh, other than that, is it uh, is it the $20 print or, you know, what are the things that that comprise the yeah, bulk of people's I'd sales? Yeah, I'd say prints. Prints and play mats. Um, so b- between twenty and forty, you know, maybe there's some large prints um, or a thirty-five dollar play mat or something like that. Uh, uh, books or sketchbooks, stuff like that. Yeah, there, there's a few of those. Um, I guess it just depends on what someone decides to make and bring. Right. Right. Um, That's actually a good question. Speaking of books, um, since a lot of these gaming companies uh, produce. Uh, you know, novels and, and whatever, and fiction and uh, hardcovers and whatever. Do are there is there much art in the way of cover art for books or for gaming manuals or that type of thing going on? Uh, you in getting the work or well, are there, are there authors there? Are there no. artists? Yeah, there's, the there's artists there. Well, there's artists there, and then there's companies. Yeah, if they have product and it's a book, then. Um, they're generally gonna. Um, there's, like I said earlier, uh, the publishers have art directors there for their products. But my guess would be people aren't there really to worry about, you know, bringing their gaming company books for. Oh, to like to have them signed or whatever. Signed or, no. or to get you know original you know no. uh, remarks and you know paid remarks or whatever kind of. No, just magic cards. Gotcha. If you're not uh, if you're not doing magic, um, uh, yeah, that's you, you need to be doing. So it should be called Magic Con. Is that what you're telling us? Well, it's still owned by Wizards of the Coast, but that, I mean that's just the biggest card game. Um, and those are the fans that want those that want their card signed. I I can't tell you why all the other companies that have have a card game, the fans don't seem to care about having the card signed um i i really don't know um i've only signed uh l5r cards nah i've never seen any other cards a few warcraft cards but that's just the 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 nature of the um you know the business of those those games you know one's gonna be more popular than another i guess so what about like commission sketches? Is that something that people have to go and, and take a receipt to? Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to spend money on it. Um, some stuff, I, you know, like people take cash tips. Like if you're going to, like a lot of guys, if you're going to sign, like have 30 cards signed, a lot of guys will leave like, you can do a tip jar and you get like five bucks. You don't have to do a receipt for something like that. Hmm. So if you're doing these sort of commissions, you generally, like, I've seen, um, what, like, custom cards where you paint on them. Do you generally bring, like, your acrylics and all that kind of stuff? Well, luckily, John had his paint markers, so I just borrowed his when some guy asked me to paint on on some white white card, white, I can't, I don't know what those cards are called, but... White back. Well, it wasn't the, no, the back wasn't, it just had an empty frame. And on the front, so I filled it in um, with with some drawing. Hey, it looks like we got a call lurker here going on. Uh oh, is it Chef? Hi guys. Hey Chef. Hey How's doing? Going? Good. Hey Alan, Mike. That's Hello. Well, I'm not going to stay too terribly long, but uh, I, I guess you guys are talking about Gen Con and yeah, yeah. yeah we've grilled him a lot about that. Yeah, has much changed, Miller, in the last couple of years? A lot more artists that um, that I was hoping to get to know better over the years are, are aren't showing up. Mm. So, so what is it? So is it is it is it more is is there like a, a level you get to when you stop doing Gen Con or something? I I guess I guess so. I guess you get to some level where the next time you show up, you're a guest of honor or something. Right, right. Or you know, I, the the weird thing is, is that I was talking to John about this, and 
you know, it seems weird to us because we're there looking for these guys and we're becoming those guys. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, like we can't see it because it's us. And all of a sudden we're going to, we're those guys now that people are going there to see as long as we keep going. Um, so. But you were sa- you were saying that uh, that the that the sales of prints for elf for certain cards are don't do as well or, or sign signing cards. I I find it's it's a lot of work to get all the cards signed. So it's like it's one of those things where like maybe I have a favorite artist and I just want like one or you know a couple of those cards signed. But if I'm out to like get you know get my cards signed, like that's that's a that's a really big project. And and I've definitely sort of started down that road and very, very quickly was like, uh, you know what, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. So I, I don't know if it's necessarily, it just, just have limited uh, energy for those kinds of big projects. It is a big project, even for the even for the people who aren't making the art, to like get all that, get all those cards signed and back to you and paid for and everything. What is the general motivation of the fans to get them signed? Is it make it more collectible or do they just literally yes. want the autograph of the star artist type of thing? Yes. Both? <laughs> yeah. I would definitely say, well, John was telling me about some stuff from his trip to Singapore and, you know, there are definitely guys there who want it for monetary reasons. And then there are definitely guys who want it because it it's a big deal to have your card signed. There are some guys who once it's signed, they won't use them anymore mm. or they'll, they'll have them for some other purpose. Um, but for some guys it's, I mean, it's a big deal to have signed cards. Um, that's kind of cool. Really think about it. It makes, and it makes the artists I'm sure feel really good. Although yeah, I'm sure it can get pretty tedious. I've seen, I've seen people just sign in stacks of those things. At, at My guess would be that the people who get their cards signed that's customized to them are the ones that are looking for a collectible and the ones that simply want the, the autograph yeah. are the people who are looking for the value because if it's personalized, the, the value is much lower uh, to some other person out there who might want to collect it because – you know, it's personalized it's not, to somebody else, them, right? Yeah. Um, and, well, I, and, I, and I know my wife collects um, autographs. Their names on it or anything. Well, I don't know if they do or not, but I mean, no, some they don't like, like put have... to Billy. It's it just you know they they'll just put their signature and maybe a remark of something. Well, think about it like yeah, I mean, but think about it like this: like I have I have a bunch of Mo Willems books uh, for my kid and. I got I got Mo to, to sign some of them, and I have some of Adam Rex's books, and they're signed, and they're all signed to me and my kid, me because I'm also a, a giant nerd and fan. But it's not like I'm not gonna I'm not looking to sell those. That's why it says to Declan, you know, to Mark, whatever. Um, if I'm if I'm looking to to up the value of a card, yeah, having the artist's physical mark on that piece of paper makes it more valuable. I think I don't. There's no mystery there. So more questions, Aaron. Um, how does it work with like the art awards and stuff like that? Uh, is that That's just great. like original pieces that are hanging behind everybody on their boards? Is that sort of is that stuff that is assumed to sort of be in competition, or how does that work? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's got to be what they can see um, when they're walking around. Uh, they have the uh, three judges. It's usually the the artist, uh, a winner from the previous year, the artist guest of honor, and then um, an art director from usually from Wizards of the Coast since it's their their convention, um, and they walk around and, and they've got different categories. Is it Wizards convention? Like, do they actually own and run it? I think I thought so because Wait, Gen Con. Yeah, because it was owned by uh, it was it was always owned by. Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I can't remember the name of the original company. TSR. Yeah, TSR. It was a TSR run event, and I assumed that when Wizards of the Coast bought it and they moved to Milwaukee, it was still Wizards of the Coast owned and run event. So what you're saying is, 
is you don't know, <laughs> but you. I don't you know so. for sure, but I'm I'm fairly certain. Hmm. He knows the history. Well, they're definitely the big player there, anyway, one way or the other, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is their event. I, I just remember when they weren't able to sh- send an art director last year. Everyone was like, "How can Wizards of the Coast not send someone to their own event?" You know, it's the, they're not gonna have a host of their own party. That's weird. Oh yeah. Hmm. So you know that it, it it was pretty cool. Um, so but, if I if I look up Gen Con on Google, it says Gen Con LLC. Right. I'm sure at this point it's it's run it's its own company, but I'm sure it has t- still has ties back to. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not totally sure your your history's right on that, but. Um, well, because you want to always have your company separate. You know what I mean? You got to still run it as its own business so that even though it's the same owners. Corporate, in any case, Wizards is a, is a big, is a big uh, player there. Yeah. Gen Con, yeah. Seattle, Washington. See? Yeah. See? That's, I'm just saying. Gen that's Con where, LLC is a privately held company. A privately right. held company. So that's not public. That's not, uh, you know, Hasbro, whatever. Right, but it could be the guys that own it. When they sold Wizards of the Coast to Hasbro, they might not have sold Gen Con to Hasbro as well. It might not have been part of the package, so those guys could still own it. Mm -hmm. Gen Con has licensed events in Europe, France, the UK, and Australia. Do they really? That's what it says. Hmm. Okay. Wow, let's go. That is never wrong. Okay, here we so go. It says Gen Con became the property of TSR Inc., the gaming company co-founded by, by Guy, Guy Gax in 1976. See? Yeah, and then it says Peter Atkinson, founder and former CEO of Wizards of the Coast, is the owner of Gen Con oh. LLC. Oh. Peter purchased Gen Con from Wizards of the Coast in 2002. Okay, so it's privately owned by one person, it says. Right, a Wizards of the Coast guy. No. He was. Former CEO of Wizards of the Coast. Well, still, so it's... It's got ties. The tie is there. Well, it was was owned... The former CEO of Wizards of the Coast is now the owner and, and, and person who runs Gen Con. That's what the website says. That he is the biggest nerd in the universe. <laughs> that That's is it, awesome. man. You're cut off. You. <laughs> that is awesome. That is so cool. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being like, yeah, I run. I, I ran. Now I run. Like that. Your whole life is a playground. It's amazing. Gen <laughs> Con is pretty fun. Well, it looks like we've unraveled a lot of a lot of Gen Con from from the horse's mouth and from the internet. <laughs> I guess uh, I don't really have any other questions on Gen Con. Like, I guess my Fun. only question is: it is it worth it? Like, uh, I, you I'm, know, it's in what regard? It's hard to say. I mean, what do you want to go there for? I mean, See, I haven't uh, been there, but I think a, don't a lot of people go there, like up and coming illustrators who want to get a lot of get their foot in the door in a lot of game companies and kind of work there work their way up to the big players sure, sure you uh, can i mean so aren't there a lot of like smaller game companies that represent there there are yep and you can certainly walk around and talk to them all and talk to the owners and art directors and all that stuff but yeah, some of the it. some of the bigger artists go too and just like you know sell a shed load of prints yeah like uh, aaron do you think you could make like 1500 bucks is that is that plausible Yes, it is. I I haven't yet, but then again, I haven't. I'm still new. Um, I haven't worked on enough properties to have any name recognition yet. It, but as soon as my name actually means something to somebody, then Sorry, yeah. Who are you? What? Yeah, exactly. Who's who's talking? <laughs> Didn't. Weren't, weren't you the one who just said you're like the new masters that? Well, no, I, well, I, didn't say <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the term master. 
I don't know. You can certainly say that. I appreciate it, but I never. I, I think the phrase was the guy. <laughs> the, the guy, man. capital yeah. T. The guy that people go to see. No, it, Aaron, I, I'm just ribbing you because it's funny you were you said that because I was actually thinking the same thing before. Like I was thinking, you know, the the tiers of sort of people there. Like I remember Gen Con ten years ago. You know, when I went, to, I met Donato, I met Lockwood, I met Lars, and all these guys. And then I'm just wondering if, okay, I, I hear Lockwood went this time, but I'm wondering the if of a lot of that that tier of guys that has been doing it for 15 years, if it's sort of if they're not doing it as much anymore, simply because you know, like like what we're saying, they've already broken in with the clients, they've already sort of they've gotten what they need to get out of it from a career building standpoint right and, and i guess that's what we're talking about is is you don't just go there for money but you go there maybe if you're at a certain stage where you need to um you know foster your relationships and and build your career a little more than somebody who can probably sit back and and turn away a lot of work right and then there's a little bit of ambassadorship for some of those companies too you at least that's what can happen when you show up you know like i've done work for l5r so to some extent you know i'm i'm an ambassador for for their their product um i i am i am an experience for someone going there and if if i give a player a bad experience that will reflect on the game right it's like when you go on a field trip with your school, they always say, you represent your school when you're at the museum. Right, exactly. So I represent the companies I work for. And if 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 I treat those players poorly, you know, may, they might not ever want to play the game again. Um, they, they might not, they, might, they could just change everything. So I don't know. I don't know if companies think about that i know that wizards of the coast does because they send their artists to events and you don't mm-hmm. send an That's artist right. to event if you don't care about your product mm. um so i'm looking I'm here really... sorry to cut you off sure uh exhibitor standard 10 by 10 booth is 1600 bucks that's what it says so i guess 10 uh, by 10 that's, that's what an exhibitor yeah that's not that's 1600 not that's that's not an artist that's not no. an but could you get a bunch of artists together and just split it and call yourself, you know, Artist Emporium? Yep. And yep. Yeah, we could do anything you want. It wouldn't point. cost you any more then. And then yeah, you I think Alan uh, Douglas. No, not sorry, not Alan Douglas. Um, Alan Williams. Alan Williams. Uh, Alan Douglas. Hi. I think Alan Williams. Does, he had a a cage, <laughs> you know, like a ten ten <laughs> thing there, and 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 sold you know boatloads of prints. Um, but you could you could totally you could totally band together with a group, you know. But wouldn't you be reducing your display space if you split uh, this? Well, it depends because there are some people who just don't go to the artist alley area. It, it's, it's true. It's true. It just depends. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know if it's something that would work because there are people who look for art stuff in the artist alley area. Who aren't necessarily looking for it because you don't know where you're actually going to get placed on the floor. I think um, so that it could be a good thing and it could be a bad thing. Uh, if it was a different show, if it like Dragon Con, then I would definitely consider that over a show that keeps people out. But the art show generally is pretty open. Um, Gen Con. Yeah, I guess it would depend on if there if there was just way more artists there that that weren't representing the kind of artwork that I'm doing that I that I was really just not fitting in anymore, then then it would make sense for me to to move out um, and and re-represent myself. Um, and there's definitely a few artists that have done that. Um, but I've never seen any of the, except for Steve Argyle this year, I haven't seen any of the other game artists take their their sales booth to that level. 
What did he do this year? Sorry, I missed the whole. He got his own just just um just uh, regular ten by ten booth. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Alan, Alan Williams did it, and it, and it worked out for him, I think. But it, I might just depend on what you're selling, you know. Yeah, I mean, he has he has like lots of prints and original drawings, and it's sort of a smorgasbord, and it's all a great consistent look, and you know, it, it's when you when you have a body of work like Alan or um, uh, or Steve, you know, there's there's a lot to look at, so you can kind of fill up a booth like that. But I think doing a group thing would be a great way to go about something like that. You know, the risk the risk with that is you have to have your agreements up front about you know everybody's paying into the booth and and when prints get sold, how does you know how does that work? Um, right. If any if any percentage of the of the sales goes back to the sort of public kitty or or not? Oh right. Yeah, it could be difficult. It doesn't so, have to be, but you just have to agree up front. So Aaron, with the uh, the artist alley booth, are they okay with you having like banner stands and, and other sort of display items like that? Yeah, you can do anything you want. Um, there's they have a height restriction because of Drew Baker, but <laughs> other than that, that I remember that uh, was there that that was the year that I went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> other than that, um, yeah, you just you 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 can bring your own stuff. Drew actually had so you, can no, you can no longer add the extensions on top. No, no, he he just went above and beyond that. So, but oh. he he brings his own extensions to to add what was it two and a half feet extra, three feet extra to the top. Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, you could you could certainly do that um, if you buy your own pro panel parts. But other than that, um, yeah, you could kind of do whatever you want as long as you're not getting in the way of someone someone else's. Uh, um, table. But I've got a jet because the wife wants dinner. So hopefully, I you guys can move on to an, an awesomer subject. Mm. You know, hopefully, I've answered all your your cool questions. Unless I there's any we, last minute questions you guys want to throw at me. You I thought I exhausted it a half hour ago. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Drawn Today podcast. If you'd like to listen to archive episodes of the podcast, you can find them at drawntodaypodcast.blogspot.com. To find more information about artists on the podcast and their work, join us at drawntoday.com. Drawn Today is a proud member of the Visual Artist Podcast Network. You can find more information about VAPN at visualartistpodcastnetwork.com. If you have questions on the podcast or ideas for new episodes of the podcast, please drop us an email at drawntoday at gmail.com. Today's music is brought to you by Collide. To find more information on Collide and their music, go to collide.net.